Today on Locked on Mizzou, I want to talk about Connor Basilak's rise to the SEC Freshman of the Year offensively and what led to his transfer at Missouri. Plus, the Tigers take on Kentucky in basketball tonight. And I got to admit, I might have been completely wrong about the state of bowl season in college football. All of this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. And well, obviously I haven't been with you all since last Thursday, and when I was posting that Thursday program, well, as you almost certainly know by now, Connor Basilak decided to enter his name into the transfer portal, and well, after he didn't get the nod at the bowl game as a starter, couldn't have been seen as a huge shock at this point, but at the same time, I don't think we knew how this quarterback room was going to play out, so obviously... This is the first huge domino to fall. I would expect Brady Cook has to be your leader in the clubhouse to start next season, but at the same time, I don't think you'll see Missouri naming a starter anytime soon. I think Tyler Macon, who was obviously on the roster last season and started the Georgia game, and also the true freshman Sam Horn, I think they're all going to get a look and they're all going to get their fair shots to see what they can do to be the number one signal caller for the Tigers next season. I got to say, it's too bad that The Athletic no longer has a dedicated Mizzou beat reporter because I really miss the exit interviews portion. At the end of the season, we saw it from Christian Holmes last year when he transferred to Oklahoma State. Well, we got a pretty open and honest interview from him. Actually, it was a couple off seasons ago now that I think about it. But my point is, I would absolutely love to hear an honest assessment of the 2021 season from Connor Bazelak. Because to me, to revisit something I've said all season, you go back to the Kentucky game, and I'm telling you, Connor Bazelak played pretty darn good football in that game. Now, the end of the game, I thought Connor went down with an obvious injury. He was down on all fours at one point, had trouble getting up, and well, after that play, you saw Connor kind of force a ball, throw a game ceiling interception at the end of the Kentucky game. But I'm telling you, overall, he played really well in that game, and he just wasn't the same after that football game to me. And notably, when you look at Connor's rushing stats, in that Kentucky game, again, the second game of the season for Missouri in 2021, he had his longest rush of the year of 12 yards against the Wildcats. Well, from the rest of the season forward, he didn't have one rush over nine yards for the rest of the year. And as we could all see, he was essentially a non-factor when it came to that part of the game. Now, again, go back to Kentucky in 2020. Obviously, Connor was never a big runner. He was never as good of a runner as Brady Cook has proven to be already. But in that 2021 game where Larry Roundtree memorably got a just 
metric ton of carries. Well, Connor was effective rushing as well with 10 carries for 40 yards in that football game. So obviously, while Connor not a strong runner, something that was at least a threat and a part of his game last season that you just didn't see in 2021. So to me, that speaks to not only the hamstring injury that that Eli Drinkwitz revealed at one point in the season that Bazelak had been struggling with and caused him to miss that Georgia game, I suspect that Bazelak was dealing with more than that. But regardless of, of my thoughts on his injury status, I think it was obvious that Bazelak at a certain point lost some confidence. And even more importantly, I think for all the talk this offseason of how Bazelak you look at his numbers last season. He was the SEC co-offensive freshman of the year. Well, you take a deeper look into his numbers and you think, gosh, he only threw seven touchdowns in 2020. Again, in only a 10-game schedule, SEC only. And four of those touchdowns came in one game against LSU. So you really start to break it down further and you think, man, he really does need to hit some more deep shots. He needs to maybe be a little more efficient in the red zone with his throws. But at the same time, only six interceptions in 2021 for Basilak, and three of them came in the last season. That's half his interception total. Came in the last game of the season against Mississippi State when Missouri was, frankly, outmanned. They had walk-ons and converted wide receivers playing defensive back at that point. Now, Chris Abrams-Drain and Sean Robinson ended up being solid additions to the secondary Still, at that point in the season, that was a tough ask for those young fellas. My point is, you take a deeper dive into Basilak's 2020, and you could start to see more of the flaws in his game a little bit, at least some question marks. But at the same time, I think maybe as Missouri fans, we were kind of blinded by that SEC offensive freshman of the year nod to maybe overlook some of those things. But to me, I, I think... Basilak was maybe considered a game manager in 2020. He needed to find a balance between taking some more shots downfield and, and throwing guys open, if you will. And, and to me, regardless of injury status, he just never found that balance because against Tennessee, against Texas A&M, he threw some truly inexplicable interceptions, the kind of decisions that you just didn't see him making in 2020. So to me, Again, for whatever reason, he just never found that balance. Well, obviously, few teams have been hit by the transfer portal harder the past couple years, just in terms of numbers, than the Missouri Tiger football team. But, of course, the Tiger basketball team, tons of new transfers and faces as well. They're taking on Kentucky tonight at 6 p.m. on the SEC Network. And you know what? Even John Calipari is diving even more deeply into the transfer portal. And let's talk about the Missouri and Kentucky Wildcats matchup. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar because it's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit as many Americans is, well, you should make Built Bar a part of your plan because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Build Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because everybody needs a treat on occasion, right? Well, why have your crappy generic candy bar when you can have something that's 
relatively healthy, that's low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, but most importantly, high in protein. You know what to expect from Built Bar at this point. Well, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, the pantry, throw them out, and replace them with Built Bar. So you know what? Here's what you got to do. We got a great offer for you. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Well, it's certainly been interesting to watch John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats change their strategy ever so slightly the last couple seasons. Of course, we know the Wildcats as the one-and-done Cats, right? A bunch of top-flight, five-star freshmen that generally play one season before moving on to the NBA. Think Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns those type of people, but over the last couple seasons, it seems like Cal has sort of gravitated more towards the transfer portal market instead of the one-and-done high school stud market, and probably the most obvious example of that right now is Oscar Shibwe or Tishibwe. Sorry, that's a tough one for me. I believe it's Shibwe. I don't think, I believe the T is silent, but regardless, you may remember the young man, Oscar, from West Virginia, he's a transfer, a guy who is now leading the nation this season, rebounding 15 and a half per game. Yeah, if you remember Missouri against West Virginia a couple years ago, this guy is an absolute beast down low, particularly on the boards, right? That's the obvious statement of the year. But considering how much trouble Missouri had with traditional big men on their roster against Shibwe, Oh, another terrible matchup for the Tigers. Frankly, maybe even more terrible than Kofi Coburn was. But again, the Cats obviously were quite disappointing last season, missing the NCAA tournament. So you might think, oh, this transfer strategy, possibly not working out. Well, so far, so good in this season for, for Kentucky. They're 18th in the nation in the AP poll, 11th, according to the Ken Palm projections. But along with Shibwe, you've got Savir Wheeler, another name that's probably familiar to Missouri fans. He's their point guard transfer from Georgia. Again, got to feel a little bad for Tom Crean. He recruits Wheeler to Georgia, develops him for a couple years, only to see John Calipari pluck him away for no cost. That's pretty brutal and, frankly, a bit of a problem with college basketball right now. If the rich like Kentucky are just going to cherry pick some of the best players from the lower rung of major college basketball. Well, it just seems like the gap gets even bigger between the haves and the have nots in that scenario. But regardless, Kentucky does have one true freshman, Ty Ty Washington, who's playing a ton of minutes, fitting in rather well. But I'll be honest with all of you over at betonline.ag right now, Kentucky, a 20 point favorite over the Missouri Tigers. I'm not going to bother taking my usual deep dive into scouting the Wildcats. This really feels like, I hate to say it, this feels like yet another Illinois or Kansas-like blowout. I think the Cats, not only do they obviously have the better team, but just on paper, this is a horrendous matchup for a Missouri team that doesn't have a true center outside of Jordan Wilmore. And 
I'm sorry, Will Moore just doesn't really deserve to play at this point with his level of production on both ends of the court, but especially offensively. And other than that, Missouri doesn't really have an answer for a play like for a player like Oscar Sheebway. Oh, and by the way, I should have mentioned that Cornell Mann, Missouri assistant coach, will be coaching the Tigers tonight in place of Conzo Martin, who did test positive for COVID-19. So best wishes to Conzo. Obviously, it sounds like he's doing just fine, but apparently prior to Sunday's practice, every member of the team was tested, despite the fact that, as John Sunvold reported on a broadcast a week or so ago, every member of the Tigers is vaccinated. So one way or the other, people still testing positive, cases still breaking through, whatever you want to call it. In fact, to the point where on Monday, I noticed that half of the eight top 25 college basketball games were canceled because of COVID protocols. So frankly, considering we're in the second season of all this stuff for all intents and purposes, I guess you want to say third if you want to include the cancellation of the of the NCAA tournament of 2020. I just don't really know what else to say at this point because one way or the other, we're either going to get through this season or we're not. I, I don't know what to say. It just seems like all of pro sports is adjusting their protocols a little bit. Even the CDC has actually come down on their recommended quarantine period for vaccinated individuals. And yet... Because the NCAA is just so massive and unwieldy, it really seems like they're unable to adjust to this new environment that we're all in. So unfortunately, that's going to make it even harder to get as many games in as you can. So unfortunately, another frustrating season of college basketball, at least in the next couple months here, possibly coming up. Now, last week I was complaining about how bowl season is basically dead, or at the very least, dying. And I got to say, there was a statistic, a, some TV ratings that just slapped me in the face last week, and that is that the Missouri Army Armed Forces Bowl actually had a higher rating than Stephen Curry beating the all-time three-pointers-made three record in Madison Square Garden. When I saw that, I had to go, now wait a second. If they're dying, why is this game getting higher ratings than probably the game of the NBA regular season so far? Well, frankly, I just might be wrong. That's all there is to it. So let's just take a deeper dive, get some more context on where these bowl games are at in terms of ratings and popularity. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, where again, Missouri, a 20-point underdog tonight. You get 11-1 to 1 on your money if you think Missouri can actually win this. How about 20-1? to 1? Then maybe I'll think about it. Eh, maybe 100. How about that? But seriously, regardless of what you're into, whether it's college hoops, college football, bet online, has you covered this holiday season. So don't wait to take advantage of all their great offers, including a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On. Once again, promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, generally speaking, I really like to question conventional wisdom, or at the very least, not just blindly 
go with it. But I have to admit, I think I was guilty of that by saying that bowl games are dying or that bowl season is somehow on life support. Now, obviously, you think about where we were 10 years ago and just how much the media landscape has changed. Well, who the heck knows where we're going to be in 10 years, right? But let's just focus on the present. Let's focus on what we actually know. And again, what we know is the Missouri Army game outrated Stephen Curry beating the NBA three-point record. And I say this, that, again, that surprised me because I am a big NBA fan. I'm a guy who, who watched that game. And it seemed like a, an enormous deal online. On Twitter, people were talking about it and tweeting out their reactions and saying, oh, isn't it cool that Steph and Del Curry are they're such a great family and, and all this stuff. But that's just another reminder that, gosh, Twitter is not necessarily real life, folks. And in fact, I know it's not real life from experience because – Obviously, in a world where the Missouri Army game had more eyeballs on it, well, that has now you know, okay, yes, while a bunch of, especially in the SEC, right, a bunch of draft eligible players seem to be sitting out these games for whatever reason to protect their status, protect themselves from injury. I can't even blame them, but it sure seems like we as fans just cannot get enough football. Because even if you go back 20 years ago, because this is the best comparison I could find. Because obviously today, there's more and more bowl games with each and every passing season. So to me, it seemed most fair to compare the national championship game to the national championship game. In other words, let's compare 20 years ago, Josh Heupel. Hey, remember him? Well, he was the Oklahoma quarterback when they won the national championship in the year 2000. Well, 27 million people watched that football game, the 2001 Orange Bowl, I do believe it was, for the 2000 season. Well, again, 27 million. That's quite a number. That's 10 times, more than 10 times, watched the Missouri Armed Forces Bowl, for instance. So if you go back now just for some, for some context, recent seasons, well, that's actually pretty comparable. You see, last season... Numbers were a little bit down for the Alabama-Ohio State National Championship. It got about 19 million viewers. Previous year, though, Clemson and LSU for the title, about 25 million. So again, then you go back a few seasons more to 2018, and the Alabama-Georgia National Championship actually slightly surpassed that Oklahoma final that I'm referring to. So really, in the last 20 years or so, the national championship game, the amount of people watching it, really hasn't changed all that much. So what that tells me is that while attendance numbers for the bowl games and certainly for regular season football in general are continuing to trend down, and maybe while ratings in general are starting to trend down, again, the overall passion and interest in this sport seems to be about the same. Maybe just more people are choosing to watch it on television or stream it or consume the product in, in non-traditional ways that maybe we don't measure. But the bottom line is the numbers are pretty obvious that the passion for this sport is as high as it's ever been. 
So with all these bowl games, despite the fact that there's more than ever, if you're ESPN and you're seeing a 2.5 rating, you're getting 2.5 million people, I should say, to watch the Armed Forces Bowl on a random Wednesday night in December when most people are still working or doing a lot of stuff with their family or whatever, that's actually an enormous number. It's huge. Again, just for some context, I won't go too deeply into this, I promise, but on TNT right now, I'll say TNT because they have the NBA, right? Well, what they also have is they have the newest competitor to WWE wrestling called All Elite Wrestling. And All Elite, their numbers, occasionally they've gotten a million viewers. But for the most part, they're sitting probably 700, 800,000 viewers. And yet, for that weekly program, the 700, 800,000 people that they're getting every Wednesday night, TNT is very, very happy with that. Because that is our new landscape. If for 52 weeks a year, I can just guarantee that I'm going to get just shy of a million viewers, well, heck, before South Park went off one of the most popular shows of the last 25 years, before it moved off of Comedy Central and now on to Paramount Plus, well, they were getting, their new episodes were getting about a million viewers, okay? So again, if you look at this from ESPN's perspective, they're actually really, really happy with these bowl games. They don't care if the attendance at these games is going down. These are all TV properties now. So again, I just got to check myself a little bit, not fall for the conventional wisdom and say that bowl games are dying because as of yet, there's no real evidence that that's the case. Because if you're an ESPN executive, I promise you, you're happy to see that two and a half million for the Missouri Army game. You're happy to see three million for South Carolina's bowl game because sure, while it may not be what you would like it to be. 10 years ago, maybe the numbers would have been higher. But you know what? Compare it to what else is out there in the market, and you'll realize that these bowl games are actually quite a bit healthier than certainly I imagined initially. So once again, thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Be sure to check me out tomorrow. I'll have a recap of this Missouri-Kentucky game. Also some thoughts on the recently departed John Madden as well that I didn't get to in this day's episode. But now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 